Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another edition of AUHSD Future Talks. I'm your host, Michael Matsuda, superintendent of the Anaheim Union High School District. And as our audience knows, this show is all about the future of work and careers for our 30,000 young people, who are, many of whom are tuning into the show. We're very blessed today to have a very important elected official, one of five supervisors who oversee the entire County of Orange of three and a half million, someone who is a friend to schools, a friend to the Anaheim Union High School District, Supervisor Doug Chafee of District 4. Doug, would you like to say hi to our audience? Well, hi to all of you. Uh, thank you for inviting me to join in with this webcast uh, this morning. Uh, it's my pleasure to represent the 4th District, which includes all of the Anaheim Union High School schools in that kind of area. It's been a special pleasure to work uh, with the district. Most recently, we've had a chance uh, to use your gymnasiums at uh, Magnolia and Savannah as well, as we do our mobile vaccination clinics there. And it's been rolled out nicely for us. I couldn't complain. I guess I could, but I won't. But it, nothing that you guys did that I would complain about other issues, though, like not enough vaccine for one thing. And so uh, it's, uh, I've lived uh, in the district almost all my life. Uh, I actually started in school at Horace Mann School in Anaheim. And then uh, my uh, parents, uh, when my father established his law practice in Fullerton, we moved to Fullerton. My mother is a graduate of Anaheim High School. Wow. Yes. And my uh, grandparent, her father, uh, going back 100 years now, actually taught school at Anaheim High School. Wow. Yeah. So uh, the only flaw is that uh, my high school in Fullerton was a, was a, the rival of Anaheim High School. That's right. So I did not cheer for the colonists when we <laughs> played uh, against Fullerton. So, but uh, no, it's a marvelous district that you have, and I appreciate how you're reaching out, particularly to those that are not as fortunate as others. Well, um, and and you were also two-time mayor of Fullerton as well. So you have a long history of civic involvement in uh, this northern uh, part of Orange County. Tell us, uh, Supervisor Chafee, what are your major drivers? What, what, what drew you to public service and why do you continue to uh, sort of fight the fight that you're fighting? Well, it's something that we need to do. I think I have enough uh, age in me now that I've learned to do a few things. Uh, I know we uh, continue to fight the battle with homelessness. We've been able to open up some navigation centers uh, in uh, some of our cities. Anaheim has done a marvelous job at that. And that's more than just shelter. It's also trying to find out uh, where we can help them become productive members of society again, if we can. Uh, if they have uh, mental health issues or uh, drug use issues, we try to deal with that as well. Well, that's uh, something that seems like a never-ending battle. But and I think the key to that is more in prevention. It, it's so much easier to stop it than once you get into that uh, kind of uh, eddy, if you will, whirlpool where you have trouble getting out of it once you're in. And the key there, the biggest key is housing. So I'm a big fan of creating uh, affordable housing. Uh, that's where we give people of modest means an opportunity to have 
a safe place to raise her family and their kids hopefully have a good place to go to school like Anaheim Union High School District and the little elementary as well. And that stability is what builds their future. Uh, and then uh, there's some other things that, that I feel important. We are engaging on a criminal justice reform initiative in Orange County, uh, where we start out trying to do preventative, where we keep people out of the system as best we can, and then treat them better when they are in, uh, incarcerated. Uh, we find now about 45% of those that are incarcerated have mental health and or substance use issues. So we need to straighten that around, trying to get them treatment, and then we release them. We need want to release them into the hands of a provider that continue whatever treatment they have. If we know they're homeless, we want to find a place for them to land when we release them. So there are a whole series of things we're working on trying to make better. I'd also mentioned we have just started up a thing we call Be Well. It's sort of in the shadow of Anaheim Stadium. It technically is across the street in, in Orange. Uh, but it's actually, to me, it looks more like it should be in Anaheim where, where it is. And that is a unique uh, facility where we try to treat all comers for any mental illness they may have, as well as substance use issues. And we find one of the big issues there, we have co-occurring disorders. Sometimes you find people that have both those disorders, but they only get treated for one or the other and not both. They go together, so we try to do that. One curious thing that we have there is called a sobering station, where you can spend uh, the night there instead of a jail cell, uh, getting sobered up, be it drug or alcohol. And then in the morning, we try to give you, or if it is morning, uh, the treatment that you may need to try to help you uh, not repeat what you just did. So those are important initiatives uh, that we're trying to make life better wherever we can. Uh, and I appreciate your emphasis on jobs, and we sure need some more people in those professions, that's for sure. Wow. You know, uh, just in the your five-minute overview thumbnail of things you're involved with, are such you're tackling such complex problems and, and challenges, and we're really uh, grateful to have your leadership because uh, so many of these challenges are kind of overflowing into our schools, right? And... Uh, you know, and COVID has exposed a lot of the problems with homelessness and access to food and a lot of basic things. And especially with schools and school kids, one of the big challenges has been access to the internet. And I know that your office has uh, pushed out some important initiatives and partnerships with the district. Can you can you share a, uh, shed a little light on that? Well, when we started at the county, we were looking for a way of expanding actually our library system uh, to people. So we came up with these kind of mobile uh, Wi-Fi units. Yes. And uh, so then we put that out to school districts too, and Anaheim uh, grabbed onto that quickly, as did one other school district. We also worked with some districts that wanted other things like Wi-Fi hotspots, hotspots. Another district wanted more Chromebooks. Uh, we try to respond to what those needs were. So what that does, it, it uh, expands the ability wherever you park it, uh, it's mobile, uh, to give the uh, people that don't have good internet connection an opportunity to do that. So they could get online and do uh, their classes, which is mainly the purpose for the high school. Uh, and, uh, it, it, and it is paid for actually by CARES Act money. Uh, to take care of the needs during the pandemic, but they'll last a long time. So you'll have a chance to enhance your education 
in the future, when you get back to uh, face-to-face learning, face-to-face learning, you may also want to enhance that with some distance learning as well. And those units will continue to do that. I might also add that this week, the uh, Board of Supervisors adopted a resolution encouraging the entire county to have broadband use. That would uh, actually be, then you might not no longer need uh, the portable units if we're able to get that throughout the county. That's a big chore and somewhere in the future we're trying to do that. It promotes all kinds of things, not only education, but business opportunities as well. So I think it's really important that our audience um, know our supervisors, right? It's a, uh, you're an elected official, and um, I think that it's important that they know that uh, this District 4 under your leadership is is really trying to reach out and optimize these one-time monies coming through the federal government and pushing these things out into the districts like the Anaheim Union High School District. You know, and you, you're someone who's sat on the seat of the city council, the mayorship, and the, the supervisor's uh, office. One thing that I, I think COVID has exposed is sort of the lack of systemness between school districts and councils and uh, the lack of coordination. And so much of that depends on these types of relationships. Do you mind commenting on that in terms of how we're, uh, how you, are, do you see our relationships changing? And I'm not just talking, I mean, obviously with you and us, it's, it's very, we're very grateful that for the relationship. But I, what I see as a superintendent is you know, a, a lack of coordination among many city and county, state, and so forth. Can you comment on that? Well, I would agree with you uh, that uh, we tend to work more uh, on the city, uh, county, state government side. And one one issue with school districts, you're governed by an independently elected board. Uh, when I look at Orange County, we have 28 school districts, all with a separately independent elected board. So it makes it kind of hard to dig into that. And then you have the overlay of the Department of Education, which uh, I'm not sure how that all interrelates uh, in that situation. But I think it's important that uh, the cities and now the county, we get more closely aligned with our educational uh, districts uh, because uh, that's our future. Uh, and I know we've had the opportunity to take interns from uh, your district, and we're open for another one when you're ready to do that. Uh, and because I think government service uh, is an opportunity for a lot of people once they understand it. Uh, and it's uh, a caring service if you do it right. So uh, one thing I've been doing uh, is, is uh, meeting regularly with the city managers of my six cities. I found that to be very useful, very constructive. I'm trying to expand that. It is somewhat of a time issue uh, where I meet uh, regularly or not at least be available to all eight of the superintendents that serve the school districts in my supervisorial district. I don't mean to be too complicated there. But when we were doing the uh, Wi-Fi rollout with the different districts, I had a chance to talk with each one of the eight and I found that fascinating to be able to do that as you guys are so in tune with other things. And if I can get you away from education for a moment, everything that you have is uh, 
pretty pretty interesting because you do care about how people live and where they are. Uh, it's not just your school, I guess, much more than that. I know uh, recently we had a conversation about starting a kind of a farm program at one of your high schools where we're trying to help people who kind of grow up on fast food and don't know anything else learn there's a better way of, being, of getting nutrition. So. Yes, uh, we look forward to partnering with you. We're creating a, a farm, a community farm at uh, one of our high schools, Magnolia High School. But I do want to swing back to that because we started off with, uh, again, a very successful partnership between this, your, your office and our district in pushing out the vaccine at a couple of our schools, Magnolia High School being one of them. And I've got to thank you. You had your whole family there volunteering the whole day and uh, working their tails off as volunteers. And it was very uh, emotional to watch so many of our senior citizens coming in with their wheelchairs and their walkers and, uh, and having pretty much tears of joy because uh, we all know we're saving lives. So that was that was really, uh, and, that's, and it's an ongoing uh, relationship uh, pushing out those vaccines. For our audience, can you, um, and I know it's kind of a, it's always it's been sort of a moving target, but from your vantage point, um, when, what is going to happen in terms of the, the vaccines and the availability of the vaccines to uh, young people and the general public? Well, that depends on some more testing through the FDA. Uh, the Pfizer vaccine is used for 16 and older, but not younger. The Moderna is 18 and older, but not younger. I think that's also true of the newly released J&J &J vaccine. I know the major companies, drug companies, are doing studies uh, to see if uh, they, should, they could lower that age. Uh, I think what we do know about the virus is young people generally don't get it, or if they do, it's a very mild case to start with. So if we can uh, take care of the adult population, especially the elderly, we'll have less chance of that infection spreading. And we just looked at our hospital statistics. We discovered that about uh, two-thirds of those in the uh, intensive care units were those 65 and older. And of the deaths that happened, about three-quarters have been 65 and older. Well, that's where we need to stop the spread in the first place. Eventually, because young people, although they may get a very mild case, can spread it. We want your teaching staff to be safe, yeah. among other things. And we don't want that virus to go home. It's certainly uh, understandable. Uh, young, young people like to socialize. That's part of the experience of growing up, to, to, be, uh, to hang with your friends, to do the events that you have at your school. And that all matters. That all involves what we call gathering. And that's when the virus can be spread. What are you hearing, Supervisor, as far as the availability of the vaccine to the general adult population, um, just in terms of a, what you know now as a, as a timeline? It, it depends on when we get more source. I think we're about a month away from uh, getting a continuous supply. Uh, we have taken care uh, not to give appointments too far out in advance lest we run out of the vaccine. If you have an appointment, we will have a shot for you. Uh, the state has established different categories. It made sense to take care of our healthcare workers first, those that are working with the virus, and then our elderly, those have been priorities. We haven't finished totally with those categories. So uh, 
the new categories that have been recently added have been uh, essential workers, such as in your grocery stores, and teachers. There's a special allocation for teachers, uh, and because uh, we want to get our schools open. Now that will keep changing as we work through that pecking order. The last is the general public. So right. I think we're maybe a month away, if maybe that's optimistic, uh, where we will be able to get through the pecking order and get down to the general public. I might add that uh, recently uh, the state has looked at all the zip codes in the state and they've identified those that we call the lowest quartile, quartile which means those that have the highest rate of infection. So it's low, but it's high. It's a little confusing. Yes, right. We have found one in Anaheim. And we are working uh, with uh, the city, and that's where the relationship is really great with your city manager and the staff there. They're so willing to help. So we're going to set up some special uh, clinic opportunities to take care of that zip code. It uh, involves an equitable distribution to, uh, to, for example, to our Hispanic population. That's a heavily uh, Hispanic area. Uh, and so uh, once we take care of that, uh, which has priority, and it's going to take some of our rather scarce vaccine to allocate it there. Uh, that'll stop the spread because that, that's a heavily infected area. Uh, that's part of the key it is uh, getting to the areas yeah. that are heavily infected and knocking it out. That's, that's tremendous. And it's great to have your leadership uh, really trying to focus on the areas of Anaheim that has the highest spread. We appreciate that work. I wanted to ask you a question too. Everybody, there's a lot of talk about the uh, President Biden being on the verge of signing a historic $1.9 trillion uh, uh, stimulus bill. Um, from the county standpoint, how do you see, and it's a short term, it's going to be, you know, some dollars, but uh, uh, expected to be spent on a one-time basis. What are some of your priorities? Uh, and you've listed a number of things already that uh, are, are your priorities, but how do you see counties spending some of that money? Well, they're giving us, I think, several years to actually spend it. Uh, cities, too, are getting a direct allocation. So uh, there are some guidelines. Uh, you have to stay within certain guidelines as to how you spend it. Uh, certainly, the lost revenue that we've had uh, that allow us to go forward, what we've already been doing, it is part of it. Uh, there are some categories uh, such as uh, replacing uh, water and sewer pipes. I don't know where that got worked in, but it is. Uh, and also broadband. That's another priority that is in that legislation. So that may go hand in, in glove with our priority to get broadband throughout the county. Uh, and uh, it, it's uh, so many things that we need to just keep going. I think mental health need to really hit that hard. It's been very uh, depressing, this pandemic. Uh, and so we need to be sure that we come out of that and take care of our mental health needs. Uh, we need to take care of people who have had, still have had trouble paying their rent. There's a lot of unemployment. Uh, and make certain uh, that there's food on the table. There's all kinds of things that we have an opportunity to spend it on, if you want to put it that way. Uh, but we've got uh, several years as it's designed to do to do that. There's some separate things coming out uh, of dealing with infrastructure. I think that's also President Biden's uh, priority. Uh, so there'll be a lot of money and some future legislation to take care of that. 
and I know also where roads and other places are, are not in good shape. There's also, I think, some money for schools, if I remember. I, I don't oh, know. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Happy place uh, yeah. to park it, certainly, right. uh, because that is that is key, too. And you've had uh, a lot of revenue losses and extra expenses in, in uh, what you've been so, doing. So I think it's going to be important that we spend the money wisely and we um, have these types of conversations as we go forward. As you mentioned, broadband, there's a lot of common uh, concerns that we have with uh, the city and the county and, and serving our populations. So in the minutes that we have left, um, and obviously each of these things from engineering to construction are going to lead to uh, jobs and, and, and healthcare and so forth. So. Um, what type of um, words of advice do you have for our young people about their careers and their prospects for jobs? Well, staying in school is part of that. <laughs> Getting all the education you can, uh, learning uh, all the computer literacy that you can. And I feel like the younger people are kind of bored, born with that almost compared to me. Uh, but you need to keep up your skills and look at the new applications that seem to come out all the time. Look forward uh, to some other job issues. I know sometimes it's overlooked. Uh, some of the apprenticeships you can get through unions. Uh, there's some good paying jobs out there in construction. Yes. Very, very good, actually, uh, with the good uh, benefits and pensions uh, that are part of that. Uh, government service, I see that as expanding. Uh, and there are just all sorts of different jobs in that, from um, maintenance issue jobs to construction, uh, who provides your water service, and they need people doing that, who takes care of your traffic control, if you have an interest in law enforcement. There's, there's a real need there that we're having trouble with keeping up with the you know, people there. There's a kind of a stigma in some ways, uh, but I think that's, that's something we need to change. Uh, if I may kind of digress a little bit, one thing uh, studying kind of on the side here is uh, the academy training, which seems to uh, talk a little bit about uh, taking care of people other than just clubbing them. And there's this uh, built-in fear that seems to be part of the curricular. We want to get rid of that, uh, where we learn how to disengage and look for other alternatives and uh, be a be more polite, perhaps. And I think that protects not only the public, but also the officers as well. I had some unfortunate incidents where I think some better training needs to be worked into the system. And it doesn't need to be so much uh, uh, watch out for yourself all the time. You've got to uh, go out and uh, learn uh, some of the different things you can. So we have need in law enforcement. Uh, we have, uh, if you want a really good job, be a fireman. <laughs> My goodness, that, that's a great job. Uh, pays well, uh, stay in shape, a great team of people that you work with. Uh, and then there are a lot of federal jobs that uh, are involved too. But, uh, you know, it's just endless number of things that you can get into. Uh, but explore, always explore. Uh, it took me a while to figure out what I wanted to do. Uh, but that was okay, because I had a chance to explore and look at a lot of different things. What I love about you, Supervisor, is that you have not lost that love for learning. You, you have an inquiring mind, and you're very, um, you, you do see the connections in a complex society. 
And we are so blessed to have your leadership during this pandemic, someone who calms people down, someone who uh, leads with compassion and kindness and wisdom. And on behalf of our 30,000 students and their families and our board of trustees, thank you so much for your leadership. Well, thank you. And I thank you for bringing up kindness. Every November 13 is Worldwide Kindness Day. We try to honor people on that day and we'll do that again. Thank you, sir. Thank you for the opportunity to join with you today.